I would love to keep in touch with you all. God bless you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. <clears throat> well, we are starting a brand new series today. And the new series is called Leap of Faith. And we're going to be looking at how we find God at the edge of our comfort zone. And so often in life, we get to this point where we're like, I want more of God. And I want you to know when you step out beyond your comfort zone, that's where we connect with God's Spirit beyond what I can verbally communicate today. And so to start this morning off, I want to show you a little video clip from a great movie called, uh, it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, This is right near the end of the movie and Indiana's father's been shot and he's going to die if he doesn't find this chalice. So let's watch this little video clip. Could you dim the lights and turn up the volume? Oh, wrong music. That's good. What a great scene though. Now, Indy would not have actually stepped out and taken the leap of faith except for one issue and that's that his father, his father's life was at at stake. His father was going to die and so Indy had to get there. And, And I want you to know in our Christian lives, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, there's these moments where God is asking us to step out and take that leap of faith but yet, we, sometimes we find ourselves frozen. We find ourselves unwilling to move. Sometimes we find ourselves in places where God is trying to bring us there. But like Indy, there's got to be this momentum. There's got to be some reason. And so God's constantly trying to get our attention, saying, step out, take a risk. 
Believe me for big things. And so I want you to know that faith is full of paradoxes. Like the God who is the source of all true comfort. The God who is the, true, the source of all true comfort is often found one small step beyond our comfort zone. Every step towards God feels like a leap of faith. A leap of faith. Uh, August 17th, 1859, Charles Blondin, he attempted to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope. He said, I'm going to start on the U.S. side and I'm going to walk across to Canada. And so people heard about this. They traveled from all over. They traveled from New York. They traveled from uh, cities all over Michigan, the Midwest area, um, Toronto, Canada. They went there to see Blondin cross on a tightrope. Nobody had ever attempted this before. And so he had practiced different times, but he never went across Niagara Falls on his tightrope. And so he gets there and he had this long pole in his hand. It was uh, about 40 feet long and he held it. It weighed 39 pounds. And so he starts, he starts on the US, U, uh, sorry, he started on the U.S. side and he's starting to walk over to Canada. And as he steps on that first step onto that tightrope, the crowd hushes. And step by step, he makes it all the way across. And then as he stepped onto the Canadian soil, the crowd erupts in praise. Blondin! 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 And everybody's cheering. Everybody's so excited. And then Blondin says this, How many of you believe I could put somebody on my shoulders and walk back? And then... It's kind of quiet. The audience is quiet. And then one person says, I believe. And then somebody else says, I believe. And then a third, I believe. And then all of a sudden, after that third person said, I believe, the crowd started chanting, we believe. We believe. We, everybody's yelling, we believe. Everybody's saying, we believe. And then Blondin says this, who would like to be that someone And everybody's quiet. (laughs) Nobody was willing to risk their life. Nobody was, they all said, we believe. But nobody's willing to step out. And that's so much like our faith, guys. That's so much like us as Christians. We believe, we believe, we believe. And are we willing to actually step out and take a risk for God's kingdom, when we don't know the outcome is certain. Finally, if you, the end of the story was Blondin's manager said, I'll do it. His name was Harry. Harry got in his shoulders and he walked all the way back to United States soil. Because when push comes to shove, we say we believe, don't we? But we don't want to risk. We don't want to step out of our comfort zone But when we step out beyond our comfort zone, that's where you will meet God. That's where you will find God's movement in your life. Because for a toddler, every step is a is a risk, it's a leap of faith, isn't it? Because for a toddler, as they're learning to walk, think about the idea of walking is just controlled falling, right? 
You're going to fall, but yet you catch yourself with that foot. And I'm learning it's controlled falling. That's all it is. A leap of faith is also, I want you to, throughout this series, it's not a blind leap, but it's a step beyond our comfort zone. It's not blind, but it is a step beyond our comfort zone. So we're going to look at Matthew 14. If you've got your Bibles, turn there. And we're going to start in verse 22. (coughs) Um, Here, and it's up on the overhead. Uh, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had arisen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! So the disciples do here, in this kind of situation, what any group of men do in the absence of women. They scream in terror! Verse 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. So one of the challenges of Jesus to the modern world is the contrary to nature deeds, like this walking on water. Uh, did you know that quantum mechanics, like, so I'm a little bit of a science nerd. I, I love learning, I love studying, I love connecting with, uh, like, I love biology a lot. I, I just like, I like learning and, and, and I like connecting with sciences. Well, if you look at quantum mechanics, the material world is weirder than we ever imagined. And they're finding this out more and more. Uh, particles popping in and out of existence. Um, so-called solid matter, like this, this platform here, this music stand, is, we, this is made of metal, right? Well, um, mostly, this metal podium is mostly blank space, if you ask quantum mechanics people. Because, so let's just say the nucleus of any material, let's just say that this was the size of the nucleus, the center, okay? If this is the size of the nucleus, do you know how large um, the atom would be actually be? So if this is the size of the nucleus, the atom would be like the size of Dodger Stadium. And on the edge of, the outside of Dodger Stadium would be these protons or sorry, electrons, that are flying around at that distance, okay? So it's almost all air, but yet it's a solid material in front of us. Crazy stuff, okay? It it blows me away. Um, Matter behaves according to, you could say, cloudy probabilities, not hard certainties. Theoretically, it's possible for the bizarre to happen. It's just very improbable. But the universe itself is improbable, isn't it? 
So is life on a habitable planet. It's improbable. Jesus reveals the improbable God willing to enter mortal flesh and redeem it. It's not so, surpri- so it's not so surprising when he does a few highly improbable things. So Peter finds it improbable that Jesus is on water here. Yet there he seems to be. And then these familiar words, which I love. Um, Jesus says, Come on, don't be afraid. Take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid, guys. Uh, Linda went to Arkansas to visit her in-laws. Uh, and she went to this grocery store. As she parks, she parks her car. And the car next to her, there's this lady that's in the car holding the back of her head. It looked like she was sleeping. So the lady had both hands on the back of her head. And she thought it was a weird moment, but she thought, well, maybe she's taking a little nap before she goes home. And so uh, this lady, Linda, goes into the store, gets all of her groceries. It was a quick trip. Like five minutes later, she comes running out. She wants to go see her family. And then she sees the lady again. She puts her groceries into her car, and she sees the lady kind of like moved a little bit, but her hands are still in the back of her head. And so then she knocks on the window and says, hey, are you okay? And the lady goes, no, I've been shot in the head. I've been shot in the head, and my, I'm, ho- I'm holding my brains in. Okay. And this is, so this is what the lady said. And so Linda runs and she calls 911. I mean, the police come, everybody's there. I mean, a lady's shot in the back of the head. What in the world happened? Uh, the police actually had to break into the car because she wouldn't, she would, she would like go in and out of consciousness because she kept passing out. They broke into her car and finally they, one of the officers looked at the back of her head and she was holding biscuit dough on the back of her head. She was holding biscuit dough. This is a true story, okay? A Pillsbury biscuit cylinder had exploded in her car because of the heat. Because of the heat. And this, so this loud explosion happened in her back seat. And one of the dough muffin buns threw, stuck to the back of her head. And she... Since she heard this loud voice, she felt something hit her in the head. She grabbed the back of her head, and there was this dough that she thought was her brains. Okay? I know. So the woman passes out in fright. When she came to, she thought she was holding her brains in. Okay? Isn't that funny? (laughs) Fear, but the story proves a great point. Fear paralyzes us. Have you noticed that? Fear paralyzes, like literally stops us in our tracks. Just like this woman. We can't even open the door to let somebody in. We are so filled with fear. For all of our fears, hear Jesus say this to your heart today. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here i am here i've got your back you guys peter would not have taken his leap of faith without first facing his fear we must face 
our fears just like Peter does. So Peter's leap of faith is a little model for every leap of faith that we take. And we're going to, throughout this series, we'll be looking back at this once in a while saying, this is a great story of Peter stepping out, willing to take a risk, following Jesus in an experimental way. Jesus approaches Peter in an unexpected way, as he often does us. Have you noticed that in our lives? We expect God to show up a certain way, and Jesus shows up in a different way than we're not really expecting. Peter's response is also unexpected, isn't it? He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. That's an unexpected response from Peter. Peter adopts an experimental posture towards Jesus. And this is, one, this is going to be very important for us through this series. Peter adopts an experiential posture towards Jesus. And if, taking, if talking to Jesus' prayer, he prays experimentally. Lord, if it's you, I don't know. I have some doubts. I'm testing this hypothesis. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water so I can verify this hypothesis. And Peter hears the words come. And guess what? When Peter heard the words come, I'm sure that everything within him said, what? Oh no, like, okay, the only thing left for me to do is to actually then step out of the boat. Nothing to do but try. What? He took an experimental approach instinctively here, uh, which suggests that this was probably part of the way he and the disciples related to Jesus on a regular basis. You guys, it's okay to pray experientially, experimentally. Jesus is not looking for blind faith. He's just looking for little leaps of faith in our lives. When the first disciples start following Jesus in John's gospel, they say this to him, where are you staying? So the disciples say, the, the future disciples say, where are you staying? And instead of Jesus telling them, Jesus says this, come and see. Come and hang out with, come and see. That's in John one thirty eight. He's saying, don't take it on my authority. See for yourself. Guys, this is consistent. God doesn't just say, I'm good. Take it on my authority. Take it on my soul authority. You know what God says to his people over and over again? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that God's good. Uh, If you ever come across berries in the wilderness... Uh, and you're not sure if they're poisonous or healthy or bitter or sweet, it requires a little leap of faith. So my dad was a forester, and I used to go camping with him a lot. And one time, I was camping, and we had taken a hike, and we were like miles from where we were camping in Michigan. And um, I was thinking, I'm just so hungry. And I remember my dad, we found this, this tree with these odd berries. And my dad was like, oh, I think they're this, John, but we should, we should like test them. 
we should take a little leap of faith here. And so we took a berry from this tree and um, we rubbed it on our arms right here. And we waited about 10 minutes and nothing happened. We had no reaction. So then he said, let's take one berry, chew it up, put it underneath your tongue, see what happens. So we did that. I think my dad was teaching me more than anything else. Um, so I put the berry, chewed it up, left it underneath my tongue. Now this was not a blackberry. This was like not a raspberry, wild raspberries. This was not blueberries. It was something weird that I had never seen before. Um, and so, you know, I, I, and then finally he said, look, how does it taste? He's, I said, it's pretty sweet. It tastes good. He said, then it's probably edible. So let's eat a couple and we'll wait. And then we'll pick a whole bunch more and we'll wait for another hour and to see. And so we did that again. We, our body didn't react. So we jumped in. Um, and it just so happened that I learned later it was a Saskatoon uh, tree and Saskatoon berries. And they were delightful. They were wonderful. But they're just not super common. And so you don't know until you take a step out and take a risk. And that risk, sometimes, it's not blind. There's actually places for you to go where you say, God, I, I, I think I want to step out. Give me courage to step out. And you, you, you even you, you see that stepping block, but our hearts are full of fear, and we just take the leap of faith and we step out. We don't know the outcome is certain, but God is with us saying, Step out, taste, and see that I am good. So Peter steps out. He begins to walk. Then he freaks out, and Jesus saves him from drowning. And as far as we know, this is a one-time deal. Other disciples didn't try it. It didn't become routine for the disciples. Jesus doesn't offer water-walking lessons because walking on water isn't the point spectacular displays are not the point trusting jesus enough to take little leaps of faith is the point and doing it in an experimental way is the point you guys i want to trust jesus more in my life i want to do that so let me share a story of of this happening so this is a couple um Heather and Nate married a couple years. Uh, Heather was a follower of Jesus. They, she had found Jesus after they got married. Uh, but Nate would identify as an agnostic. Nate lost his job. He had been unemployed for five months straight. And he finally gets three prospects all at one time. The first prospect is not worth taking at all. It's just not worth it. The second one is the so-so offer but it's very firm. They, like there's an offer on the table, but it's so-so. And the third option is ideal, but there's no offer on the table. And so the so-so offer is not going to wait forever. So Nate's thinking, and he says to Heather, his wife, hey, I'm going to call and accept the so-so offer. And Heather, his wife, that's a believer in Jesus, says she has this internal nudge. That internal nudge is the Holy Spirit, just so you know, like that little thing that rises up and says, wait, wait a second. And so she said, Nate, wait a second. Um, 
you should, why don't you pray for that third option that hasn't opened up yet? So pray for the job that you really want. Nate says, I don't pray, you pray. And Heather says, no, it's your job. You have to pray. And Nate says, I don't know, I don't know what to say. I've never prayed before. And so she gave him a few pointers. And so Nate, he closes his eyes, bows his head, and begins to pray to God for the, probably the very first time in his life. And as he has his head bowed, he's, and he's just quiet, just, but he's praying in his, his own mind and heart. Ten seconds goes by, he still has his eyes firmly closed and his hands together, and the phone rings. And he's been unemployed for five months. And the guy on the phone says, hey, I just got out of a meeting where we decided to make you an offer, and I ran to the phone to, to call you and tell you. Two experimental leaps of faith here. One, Heather takes the risk and says, hey, you need to pray. And then when he says, no, you pray, Heather could have settled, and, but instead she nudges him beyond his comfort zone. He doesn't even really think, he doesn't even think he believes in God. And she kind of nudges him beyond his comfort zone. Then Nate, who doesn't believe in God, like Peter, has a lot of doubts if God's actually in the vicinity, takes the leap. He goes along with the experiment to see if something happens. And something does happen, right? Now, we all know that something doesn't always happen. If the results were given, you, we wouldn't need to experiment. Uh, my marriage does not depend upon Kate being responsive to every single one of my requests, right? Prayer's not magic. God's not like this divine soda machine that we take our quarters, put them in, and out spits a, a Diet Coke. God doesn't work like that. God seems to give us just enough feedback knowing how much you need to keep beckoning you. God is a being who wants to be known personally by you. And you guys, we go through seasons when God seems to give us lots of feedback and other seasons where I feel like God gives us little. And sometimes I think that's just part of the mystery of faith. Um, so it is what it is, right? But speaking of seasons, um, this is a season that's 40 days leading up to Easter. It's a season of preparation, just like Jesus went into the desert to prepare for whatever God had in store for him. 40 days in the wilderness. These 40 days lead up to God's leap of faith towards us. Jesus came believing that to put an end to the cycle of sin and hate and violence, he had to show humanity a brand new way by emptying himself, taking the form of a servant, willing to die in hope of a brand new life. And on Good Friday, Jesus took that leap. And he was vindicated on, Mon on Sunday, not Monday, Sunday. <laughs> During this season, we want to follow Jesus by practicing little leaps of faith over the next 40 days. By looking for and maybe even finding God on the edge 
of our comfort zone. So let me give you a couple practical tips. And we're gonna, the practical tips are going to take a little longer than normal. Um, and so in your bulletin, in your communicator, there's a sheet that looks like this. If you could pull that out and just hold that in your hand. So let me say this. If you're adverse to joining others, feel free to abstain. So some of you are like, ah, I don't, everybody's doing that. I don't want to do that. Are you kidding me? That's okay. You don't have to participate. But let me tell you, um, it's human nature that you grow more when you're doing it in the company of others. So when we do this together, you will grow a lot more as we're doing it as a larger community, okay? So we learn a lot more together. So here are, um, we're going to do five, five, you could say, ways that we want to step out of our comfort zone and take a little leap of faith and have God meet us during this Easter season. So these 40 days leading up to, to Easter. And the first one is the big personal ask. So here's what you should do. Identify one thing you'd like God to do for you and then ask daily. One thing that you're like, this is on the tip of... So you're like, I don't know what that would look like, John. Well, we'll take a walk, do dishes, kind of say, God, here's my, my mind and heart. I don't know what to, what, what's there. And just give God some space to kind of drop something in your heart. When it shows up, write it down as specific a request as possible, okay? And you can actually use this sheet of paper that we printed um, and say, this is, this is one of the things that I want to ask God for over the next 40 days. Now, we don't want you to obsess over this. We want you to just ask once a day, every day for these 40 days. God, this is my big ask, and I need you to break through in my life in this area. So ask for it every day, once a day. Don't obsess over it. And then be alert to any feedback or response from God. Remember that God's God, so God might deliver in a way that you're not looking for at first. I want to say that. But guess what? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Jesus urges his disciples to ask, to seek, and knock, not one time in their connection with God, but as a lifestyle. That ask, seek, knock, that was just normal for Jesus' disciples. That's how we lived. We live as people stepping out of our comfort zone and taking a risk and doing that in an experimental way. So, your big personal ask, one thing that you really want to God to break through in your life over this season, okay? So that's the first thing. Number two, give something up for the next 40 days. And, and so everybody's thinking of food. Don't think of that, okay? Don't think of that. Um, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to fast something that leads your heart towards spiritual renewal. So an example might be judgment. What if the next 40 days you didn't judge anything that was in front of you? You didn't judge a person. You said, God, anytime a judgmental thought came in, you said, God, I lay that down. And what if you started training yourself or maybe a critical attitude or, or whatever it might be? 
What's one thing that you could give up that would make your, uh, make your walk with God maybe better in the end? And so if you train yourself, work on training yourself for 40 days. God, I'm going to give this up. And anytime I, I go back there, I'm going to cut that thought off, okay? Um, so give something up for 40 days. It's called fasting. And there's space on there to write that down. Number three, identify and pray for your three. What are your three? What Three what, John? Three neighbors, okay? So I want you to know growing up, I knew the names of all my neighbors. I knew my mailman's name. I knew the owners of the convenience store down the, down the block. I knew the farmer's name behind us. Now most, today, most of us, we like have anonymous neighbors. Somebody's lawn is overgrown and we call in the city to, for a code violation instead of actually going to cut it for them. We bemoan the loss of community, but we don't take the steps to becoming more neighborly to our neighbors. So here's what I'd love for you to do. Pick three people that are in your vicinity. They could be a literal neighbor. It could be a coworker. It could be a barista at Starbucks. Local people not in your friendship circle here at church, okay? So people that you know, maybe you're even good friends with, but you don't know where they're at spiritually. And um, come up with those three names, identify them, and then just start to pray for them every day. And you, don't even, you might not even know what to pray, but you can just start praying. I pray for Tom and Jeff and Sally. And Lord, whatever you want to do in their lives, start to break through. So uh, identify three and start to pray for your three. Um, I was thinking about this. What, who are my three? Um, I'm going to, and this is to the best of my knowledge so far, I'm going to sit down and, and walk through this whole thing um, later today. But there's, I met this guy behind, he lives over here behind the church. And we, one day we chatted for like an hour. And, um, and then I met him a couple days later again and we just chatted. So I've only like connected with him twice, but he's going to be one of my three. Okay, and I'm going to start praying for him. Um, he told me, he said, John, when I have a spiritual crisis, I'm going to show up at your church. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, he's going to be one of my three, okay? Um, another one of my three is going to be a worker at a thrift store called New Unto Others in Glendora. So there's a worker there that, um, that I just sense God's doing something with, and so that's the second person. And then I think my third is going to be a literal neighbor, but don't hold me to that one. I have to figure that one out. So that's, that's my three. So pick your three. So pick people that aren't sitting around you and that, that you have a sense like, I would really, I, I want to start to pray for them. I think God wants to break into their lives during this Easter season. Now number four is blow some money or kindness on one of your three. Now th- for this week, we're going to, we don't do this, Okay. We don't want you to do that this week. We want you to just hold this one. It's going to be there, but we'll bring it up over the next couple weeks. So this week, just identify your three and begin to pray for them daily, okay? We'll get to this one later. And then number four, experiment with a daily devotional. Um, and if you want, if you're like, John, I don't, what's a devotional? You know, I, I sometimes if I read my Bible, I kind of randomly open it up and Lord, just speak to me, and you just kind of point to a verse, that type of thing. Um, but I really think that 
God wants to break in your life, lives in a real way. And one of the ways is just by having a consistent devotional time with God. And so what we did is in your bulletin, your communicator, there's this brown little sheet of paper. And on it, it says devotional 40 days, Easter 2019. And if you don't have like a normal routine, this is something for, for you, okay? And so if, pull that out of your communicator. And in there, there's a morning prayer. Now, this is not meant to be just a routine, but sometimes people are like, I, I don't know what to pray. Well, here's a, a great prayer. Maybe you want to just pray this for the first couple days, and then you want to say something in your own words, okay? Um, then there's a scripture reading, and we even put days. Most of the time, it's about, about 30 verses. So you can read this in uh, two to five minutes, okay? Um, so there's about 30 verses. On, on weekends, we're going to be in the Psalms, and weekdays, will be in the book of Matthew, okay? And then there's an evening prayer called the prayer, the daily examine. And it's a way for us just to walk through our day before God and uh, pick up moments where God was working and moments where uh, maybe we stepped out in something, in an area that we shouldn't have and we say, God, we ask that, uh, we thank you for this last day, but we also ask that you forgive us for any mistakes we've made. We figure out how to make amends and we look forward to the next day, okay? So maybe you want to use that as a, a prayer guide in your evening. And then on the, on the flip out page, there's, there's little options like listening, prayer, or journaling, or worship, or solitude, fasting, etc. So you can use this as a guide over this next 40 days. And so here's what I'd love for you to do. Experiment with this. Say, God, I want to meet you at the edge of my comfort zone. I don't even have time or space in my life to do a devotional, but I'm going to figure out how to do that during this season because you will meet God at the edge of your comfort zone. Let's all stand. <clears throat> so we're going to sing this last song. Why don't we have our prayer ministry team come on up? Um...